A very warm welcome to another James Hay Tech Talk, where we aim to give advisors and power planners the need to know information on the issues that really matter. I'm Stephen Wynne-Jones, and today we're talking about vulnerable clients, and in particular, how the FCA expects advisors to support them, and what practices you and your firm can consider putting in place. So to help us, I'm delighted to be joined by Bradley Thompson from our customer experience team. Bradley is the James Hay Vulnerable Customer Champion, who has indeed literally championed this important subject throughout our firm for several years. Bradley, I know this is a subject that's close to your heart, so welcome. Hi, Stephen, and yeah, great to be here. Thank you very much. It's something I'm really looking forward to talking about. Excellent. So obviously, with lockdown and all the stresses and challenges of the past year, mental and physical vulnerability is a growing concern for lots of people. But in regulatory terms, what are we talking about when we say a vulnerable client or customer? A vulnerable client or customer really refers to anyone who, due to their personal circumstances, is susceptible to harm, especially if a firm is not acting with appropriate levels of care. Now, the Financial Conduct Authority classifies four drivers of vulnerability. The first is poor health or illness, uh, which may affect a person's ability to carry out certain tasks or, or make decisions clearly. Second is a low capability with financial matters, whether from low knowledge or low confidence to deal with them. Third is low resilience to withstand emotional or financial shocks. And finally, someone can be vulnerable at particular times of their life because of certain life altering events such as bereavement, redundancy or the breakdown of a relationship. So vulnerability really covers a huge range of circumstances that we as financial service providers need to be ready to respond to. And how many existing or potential clients would typically fall into the vulnerable camp? Well, the FCA's latest financial life survey, uh, which was conducted between August 2019 and February 2020, found that just under half or 46 percent of UK adults display one or more characteristics that fall into one of these four drivers of vulnerability. That's equivalent to more than 24 million people across the country, which is a pretty staggering figure. And don't forget that some people may have multiple vulnerabilities too, each of which that may need specific support. 24 million people, that's a huge number. And I'm guessing that as the FCA survey was conducted before the start of the first lockdown, the figures could be even higher now. Oh, absolutely. We'd expect those numbers to be climbing sharply in the wake of the pandemic. But what firms need to appreciate is that the FCA has been actually making client vulnerability a key regulatory focus for some time now. It spent the last two years providing guidance on the topic, and it's one of four main areas of focus in the FCA's current business plan. And formal regulation on treating vulnerable clients fairly is now expected by around 2023. So this isn't a niche issue. It really does need to be at the forefront of every firm's thinking and practice. So what are financial services firms, and I specifically mean advisors, expected to do to support vulnerable clients? Well, the FCA has said that over the next two years, it will be assessing the capability of firms to look after vulnerable clients. Any failure to show an acceptable level of care could lead to formal regulation and sanctions, so firms do need to be prepared. Now, there is currently no formal regulation on how to treat vulnerable clients, only guidance. So drawing on the FCA's guidance and our own experience of dealing with vulnerable clients, we've outlined key actions that firms might want to consider as part of a formal policy. Firms can see all of these actions in detail on our website, and I'll just go through a couple of them here now if we've got time. Sure, go ahead. 
So the first action that we think is absolutely essential is to make it simple for clients or prospects to disclose any vulnerability they might have. So that could mean having a safe and secure place on your customer facing website where they can tell you about their circumstances. And it also means embedding disclosure into your initial client onboarding process, whether that's carried online, by phone or whatever process you use. The second point, which is also key to the first, is have a system where clients only need to tell you about their vulnerability once. Don't make clients repeatedly have to disclose information they may feel is very personal or sensitive. Make sure there's a place where clients can log their information and make sure everyone relevant in your business can see it and deliver the relevant support clients need every time they engage with you. And once you know a client has some form of vulnerability, what are the actions you can take to accommodate and support that? One of the most important actions to is to take account of vulnerability at all stages of your service design. The easiest way to do that is to look at your processes from the perspective of anyone who has some kind of vulnerability. We call it looking at it through a vulnerability lens. So, for example, are your letters suitable for those with dyslexia or lower financial understanding? Do you provide appropriate channels for those with hearing or sight loss? And is there a system to keep clients with memory conditions such as Alzheimer's independent for as long as you possibly can? The great thing is that if you find ways of improving your service and communication for your vulnerable clients, you actually end up improving it for everyone. So this is a really valuable exercise to go through across the firm. I'd also suggest appointing a single point of contact for a customer that's vulnerable. The relationship you build with the client is support in itself and it allows you to better understand that particular customer's needs. Assuring each customer consistency and continuity can be a really, really powerful thing. And that kind of brings us on to the question of staff training. What needs to be done there to support vulnerable clients? Yes, yeah, staff training to support vulnerability is another key action, and it's something the FCA is likely to want to see evidence of to know that a firm is taking the issue seriously. In our experience, it's best if it's done in a really engaging way. So, for example, at James Hay, we've held a, a Vulnerable Investor Week, an online event where we celebrated the great work of our vulnerable customer champions and collectively explored and discussed ways to support vulnerable clients. We've also produced fun and memorable videos and handouts so that customer facing staff have easy reminders of what to look out for and how to offer support. And what should staff be trained to look out for? So fundamentally, you need to help staff identify anything that flags vulnerability in a client. For example, are there any signs that a client may have low numeracy or literacy skills? Has a client disclosed or alluded to any physical, mental or emotional conditions or exhibited any signs of memory loss? Or have they mentioned anything that's happened to seriously affect their personal circumstances? It's then about being able to tactfully and sensitively get more information until your team are in a position where they can see how best to support that client, both initially and as part of the ongoing relationship with them. And I suppose there may be cases where a client may not even realise they're vulnerable in some way. Absolutely. And that needs to be handled with total sensitivity. We advise looking out for actions or behaviours that indicate a client may be vulnerable, such as looking to access money early from a pension or being unable to pay fees or making dramatic investment changes. At James Hay, we have a vulnerable customer champion in each of our operational teams. So if a team member does sense that a client is vulnerable, there is always someone there with the right skills and knowledge to help get them the right support. Now, it's interesting that you mentioned there about getting the right support. Clearly, there's a lot that a firm can do to help their vulnerable clients, but there will be vulnerabilities that require specialist external help, won't there? 
Yes, of course. And that's why we also recommend that firms are geared up to signpost clients to charities and support groups that can help with the problem, whether that's bereavement, addiction, mental health or debt. Um, we've compiled a list of relevant charities and other organisations on the James Hay website. Now, these organisations can often provide firms with free guides or even training to help staff understand and manage vulnerability effectively. There's clearly a lot that firms can do to support vulnerable clients. One thing that does occur to me, though, is the issue of data handling and confidentiality. Given the GDPR rules, how do firms need to demonstrate that they are using and handling what is in effect very personal and sensitive client information in the right way? Yeah, that's a really, really important point. Information about vulnerability is classified as special category data under GDPR. So firms need what's called a lawful basis to hold such data. Now, the most acceptable form of lawful basis is to obtain explicit consent from the data subject themselves. And there is a protocol that organisations such as the Royal College of Psychiatrists recommend using to obtain explicit consent in an appropriate way. And that's called the Texas Drill, which is detailed on our website. There are places where you can learn more about holding special category data, such as the Information Commissioner's Office website. Uh, but basically, if you can demonstrate that your firm follows a clear and systematic process to obtain consent to hold data, that should be acceptable. Great. We've covered a lot of ground here, but I suspect for some firms, all this may sound like yet another huge responsibility that's being imposed on them on top of all the other know your customer and suitability requirements. What would you say to firms that are maybe feeling a bit battered right now? perhaps overwhelmed by what the FCA is expecting in terms of managing vulnerability? Well, I think it's really important to view supporting vulnerability in a really positive light. As I said earlier, if you ensure your systems, processes and communications are suitable for vulnerable clients, then you're automatically making them better for everyone. Also, given our ageing population, vulnerable clients are likely to account for a growing proportion of the market. So accommodating them is a sensible commercial decision as much as anything else. But more than that, it's about building a culture that's genuinely focused on kindness and supporting and caring for clients. And that has a huge benefit for your business, both externally and internally. And we've learned that ourselves from servicing these clients. If you as a company can demonstrate to clients that they can truly rely on you to support them and look after their particular needs, they'll keep coming back. What's more, they're highly likely to recommend you to friends and family too. Bear in mind that three quarters of people with disabilities have walked away from businesses because of poor access or lack of proper support. So if you can show that your firm really goes the extra mile to support them, they can only be positive for your business. Managing vulnerability is the right thing to do, but as a business, it's also the smart thing to do. Absolutely. So as we've said, there's plenty more information, help and inspiration on the James Hay website on how to support vulnerable clients. But have you got any final thoughts to share with us, Bradley? I think the most important other point is don't let your firm's internal processes or rules prevent you from supporting vulnerable clients properly. Financial services, as we know, are heavily regulated and most firms understandably want pretty rigid processes to safeguard clients and their own business but sometimes this can increase or even create vulnerability for clients. So make sure you can tailor your responses in those cases where people may need some extra support. And hopefully, as we've shown today, having a clear, flexible and inclusive approach will reap dividends for your whole business and hopefully keep the regulator happy too. 
Well, anything that can make your business better and keep the regulator happy has to be a good thing. This has been great, Bradley. I know I've learned lots. Thank you so much for your time and insight today. Thank you very much for having me. Well, I'm sure we'll be talking more about supporting vulnerable clients as the FCA rules take shape. But in the meantime, if anyone listening has got any thoughts on the topic, please do get in touch. You can contact us through your normal routes or you can email us at events at jameshay.co.uk. In the meantime, a big thank you again to Bradley and to you for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast and look forward to you joining us for our next James Hay Tech Talk. Take care and see you soon.